0: love and light everybody sure neighborhood center saved by grace moonbeams coming back for chapter two of abide in christ by andrew murray i pray that all of you are doing good this day and that your time before has been well and if not i pray it gets even better let's get in here second day abide in christ and you shall find rest to your souls come unto me and i will give you rest Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, and ye shall find rest to your souls. Matthew Rest for the soul. Such was the first promise with which the Savior sought to win the heavy-laden sinner. Simple, though it appears, the promise is indeed as large and comprehensive as can be found. Rest for the soul does not simply imply deliverance from every fear, the supply of every want, the fulfillment of every desire. And now, nothing less than this is the prize with which the Savior woos back the wandering one who is mourning, excuse me, who is mourning that the rest has not been so abiding, also oh full as it had hoped, to come back and abide in him. Nothing but this was the reason that the rest had either not been found or if found has been disturbed or lost again. You did not abide, you did not abide in him. Have you ever noticed how the original invitation of the savior to come to him The promise of rest was repeated twice, with such a variation in the conditions as might have suggested that abiding rest could only be found in abiding nearness. First, the savior says, come unto me and I will give you rest. The very moment you come and believe, I will give you rest. The rest of pardon and acceptance the rest in my love. But we know that all that God bestows needs time to become fully our own. It must be held fast and appropriated and assimilated into our inmost being. Without this, not even Christ giving can make make it our very own. In full experience and enjoyment. And so the Savior repeats, He repeats his promise, in words words which clearly speak not so much of the initial rest with which he welcomes the weary one who comes, but of the deeper and personally appropriate rest of the soul that abides with him. He now not only says, Come unto me, but take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, become my scholars. Yield yourself to my training. Submit in all things to my will. Let your whole life be one with mine. In other words, abide in me. And then he adds, not only I will give, but ye shall find rest to your souls. The rest he give, gave at coming will become something you have really found and made your very own the deeper the abiding rest which comes from longer acquaintance and closer fellowship from entire surrender and deeper sympathy. (laughs) Take my yoke and learn of me. Abide in me. This is the path to abiding rest. Do not these words of the Savior discover what you have perhaps often sought in vain to know. How it is that the rest you at times enjoy is so often lost. It must have been this. You had not understood how entire surrender to Jesus is the secret of perfect rest, giving up one's whole life to him for him alone to rule and order it, taking up his yoke and submitting to be led and taught To learn of him, abiding in him, to be and do only what he wills. These are the conditions of disciplineship, discipleship, without which there can be no thought of maintaining the rest that was bestowed on first coming to Christ. It's heavy, but it's it's real. And I don't understand how you could expect less. I mean, God has given you everything and he just asks for everything. And you might say, well, well, I can't do that. But I mean, we give up so much to so many other people for less. Everybody that loves sports gives up so much for these sports. They give up time to learn about the sports about the rules they give up time to learn about the players and their families and the coaches and their families and what they did in high school and elementary school and middle school people who are fanatics about all these different things invest so much time so much energy all of these otakus out here who poke at other nerds do the same thing that we do. We invest so much time and energy into different worldly things, usually. And we have so much information amassed on these worldly things. And we have time into them. And we have, uh, what do they call altars to them in our homes? And we go out to celebrate together and worship these fake gods and everything. But then... You get to the Bible and somebody says, hey, your Lord and Savior, the one that knit you in your mother's womb, the one that knew you before you was born, the one that counted every hair on your head, the the lover and Savior and provider of your soul, the creator of heaven and earth, wants you to sacrifice everything for him so he can give you everything. And then here you go. Oh, I don't know about that. I can't do that. No, 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 help me, please. I want to go to heaven, but I want to live like a hellion. Help me, please. Well, I mean, the Bible tells you what what to do, but I'm not getting, I'm not about to start preaching or nothing. I'm just reading. The rest is in Christ and not something he gives apart from himself. And so it is only in having him that the rest can really be kept and enjoyed. It is because so many a young believer fails to lay hold of this truth that the rest so speedily passes away. With some, it is that they really did not know. They were never taught how Jesus claims the individual, the undivided allegiance of the whole heart and life. How there is not a spot in the whole of life over which he does not wish to reign. How in the very least things he his disciples must not must only seek to please him. They did not know how entire the consecration was that Jesus claimed with others. They had some idea of what a very holy life a Christian ought to lead. The mistake was a different one. They could not believe such a life to be a possible attainment. Taking and bearing and never for a moment laying aside the yoke of Jesus appeared to them to require such a strain of effort and such an amount of goodness as to be altogether beyond their reach. The very idea of always all the day abiding in Jesus was too high something they might attain to after a life of holiness and growth. But certainly not what a feeble beginner was to start with. They did not know how when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, he spoke the truth. How just the yoke gives the rest, because the moment the soul yields itself to obey, the Lord himself gives the strength and joy to do it. They did not notice how when he said, learn of me, he added, I am meek and lowly in heart to assure them that his gentleness would meet their every need and bear them as a mother bears her feeble child. Ooh, boy, if that ain't true, because I remember, man, this is a few years ago now, but I was walking my daughter to daycare. And all of my shoes had holes in them. And this day it was raining so bad. And the city I lived in had terrible waterways, man. Horrible drainage systems. So they're like inches of water everywhere. I don't mean like one or two. I mean like four or five inches of water about everywhere I'm going. So my feet are soaking wet. My shoes are full of holes. Swiss cheese, man. I got I got poly polyhope Swiss cheese on my feet yeah and my socks oh yep nice little cheese paper holding on my toes all soggy and such but while I'm walking one of the guys that I pass by that lives in this neighborhood he sees me and says hey come here for a minute I just finished dropping my daughter off and walking back home and he says hey come here for a minute so I go over there and talk to him and he gives me a pair of boots and I think I just got rid of those boots they're really nice but I wore them things all through and through because I mean for a good while I was broke and I couldn't buy myself anything anyway I needed something so the kindness of strangers man it goes a long way but had I not been living right had I not been trying to be a good dad and trying to be a good father and be a, a good child of God there's no telling what might have happened, you know I probably wouldn't have been walking my daughter to school to get some shoes along the way that probably wouldn't have happened along with so many other blessings and it might not be big to to you but as somebody who went through homelessness and just different struggles and tribulations and just being grateful for what I get and what I have and that was very big to me alright and I lost my place but I'm gonna find it back Oh, they did not know that when he said, abide in me, he only asked the surrender to himself. His almighty love would hold them fast and keep and bless them. And so as some had erred from the want of full consecration, so these failed because they didn't fully trust these two consecration and faith are the essential elements of the Christian life. The giving up of all to Jesus, the receiving of all from Jesus. They are implied to each other. They are united in the one word surrender. A full surrender is to obey as well as to trust. To trust as well as to obey. How about that? With such misunderstanding, At the outset, it is no wonder that the disciple, that the disciple life was not one of such joy or strength as had been hoped. In some things you were led into sin without knowing it because you had not learned how holy Jesus wanted to rule you and how you could not keep right from for a moment unless you had him very near you. (laughs) In other things, you knew that what sin was, but had not the power to conquer it because you did not know or believe how Jesus entirely would take charge of you to keep you and to help you. Either way, it was not long before the bright joy of your first love was lost. And your path, instead of being like the path of the just, shining more and more unto the perfect day, became like Israel's wandering in the desert, ever on the way, never very far, and yet always coming short of the promised rest. Weary soul, since so many years, driven to and fro like the panting heart, O come. And learn this day the lesson that there is a spot where safety and victory where peace and rest are always sure and that spot is always open to thee the heart of Jesus but alas I hear someone say it is just this abiding in Jesus always bearing his yoke to learn of him that is so difficult and that the very effort to attain to this often disturbs the rest even more than the sin or the world. What a mistake to speak such. And yet, how often the words are heard. Does it weary the traveler to rest in the house or on the bed where he seeks repose from his fatigue? Or is it a labour? to do to a little child to rest in his mother's arms. Is it not the house that keeps the traveler within its shelter? Do not the arms of the mother sustain and keep the little one? And so it is with Jesus. The soul has but to yield itself to him, to be still and rest in the confidence that his love has undertaken and that his faithfulness will perform the work of keeping it safe in the shelter of his bosom. Oh, it is because the blessing is so great that our little hearts cannot rise to apprehend it. It is as if we cannot believe that Christ, the Almighty One, will, very, will in very deed teach and keep us all that day. And yet... This is just what he has promised for without he without this, he cannot really give us rest. It is as our heart takes it in this truth that when he says, abide in me, learn of me, he really means it. and that is his own one, his own work to keep us abiding. When we yield ourselves to him, that we shall venture to cast ourselves into the arms of his love and abandon ourselves to his blessed keeping. It is not the yoke but resistance to the yoke that makes it difficult. The wholehearted surrender to Jesus as at once our, as at once our master and our keeper finds the secure rest. Come, my brothers and sisters, let us this very day, commence to accept the word of Jesus in all simplicity. It is a distinct command this take my yoke and learn of me, abide in me. A command has to be obeyed. The obedient scholar asks no questions about possibilities or results. He accepts every order in the confidence that his teacher has provided for all that is needed the power and the perseverance to abide in the rest and the blessing in abiding it belongs to the savior to see to see this tis mine to obey tis his to provide let us this day in immediate obedience accept the command and answer boldly savior i abide in thee at thy bidding i take thy yoke I undertake the duty without delay. I abide in thee. Let each consciousness of failure only give new urgency to the command and teach us to listen more earnestly, that ever till the Spirit again give us to hear the voice of Jesus, saying, with a love and authority that has inspired both hope and obedience, Child, abide in me. That word, listen. Two as coming from himself will be an end of a, will be an end of all doubting, a divine promise of what shall surely be granted, and with ever increasing simplicity, its meaning will be interpreted. Abiding in Jesus is nothing but the giving up of oneself to be ruled and taught and led, and so resting in the arms of everlasting love. Blessed rest, the fruit and the foretaste and the fellowship of God's own rest, found of them who thus come to Jesus to abide in him. It is the peace of God, the great calm of the internal world that passeth all understanding and that keeps the heart and mind. With this grace secured, we have strength and And strength for every duty, courage for every struggle, a blessing in every cross and the joy of life eternal in death itself. O my Savior, if ever my heart should doubt or fear again, as if the blessings were too great to expect or too high to attain. Let me hear thy voice to quicken my faith and obedience. Abide in me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. ye shall find rest to your souls. And that is the end of chapter two. Thank you for listening.